Okay, now next on the tee with me is Swing U CEO Charles Cox. Charles earned his undergraduate degree in economics at the University of North Carolina. He earned his MBA at the University of Virginia, plus graduated with his law degree from there as well. He spent years in the finance world, including two plus years at ESPN as their director of international finance. He started at Swing U back in 2012 as their CFO and became their CEO in July of 2014. Folks, Swing U allows us to see GPS for almost every course out there. You can track your scores, stats, and handicap. You also get wind speeds and elevation data. The app will track your shots and give you club recommendations. You have on-demand access to tips and lessons and strokes gained analysis, which we're going to talk more about. And it's great to have Charles with me here tonight on Next on the T. Hey, Charles, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And Charles, I want to start our time with you by going back to really the beginning of the game for you. When did you first start playing golf? Yeah, you know, I grew up playing more traditional sports. Uh, grew up in, in Richmond, Virginia, you know, playing football, basketball, baseball. I dabbled with golf here and there, you know, with some buddies. I didn't really have any close friends that were really elite golfers at that time in the 80s and 90s, but, but played around with it here and there, maybe a round or two in the summer. Um, not, not serious by any means. Played a little more recreationally in college towards my senior year. Started to, to catch the bug and, and get what it's all about. Um, and then, you know, in the working world, you know, you play a little bit and then went to grad school in Virginia, like you mentioned, and, and started to, geez, I, I was playing every day, uh, to the, to the point of, you know, trying not to, to fail out of school. I played, I think, 90 rounds a semester, two oh years my. in a row. Um, so I, I got the bug in a, in a, in an obsessive compulsive way and, you know, got down to a single digit, really just through trying to build some kind of muscle memory playing day after day, um, starting from zero. So did that. And then, you know, joined golf clubs since then in the last decade and played a little more every year. And obviously COVID gave a lot of us the opportunity to, to work from home and, and be more efficient with our time and maybe get in some more golf. So, um, you know, it is, it is my, my passion and my, you know, the one sport I, I focus on now and, uh, it's uh, it's a heck of a game, as you know. You talk about your time in college. You went to two rival ACC schools. What was it like going from being a Tar Heel to being a Cavalier? Yeah, you know, the, the loyalty is with North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel. Um, my mom was a Tar Heel. My two younger brothers were Tar Heels. My dad went to Virginia, ironically. So we feel bad for him. We had a fun <laughs> Saturday Saturday night when we beat them, and my my parents were in town. But um, I, I love Virginia. It's uh, it's a great school and, and got a heck of an education there. And uh, even interned in the athletic department for a couple of years while I was in grad school. Um, but I, I'm a Tar Heel first and foremost. And uh, that was uh, I've got a lot of buddies growing up in Richmond that went to Virginia. So it's a it's a fun rivalry. And uh, they're a heck of a heck of a school and academically and athletically. Charles, after college, you spent time as an attorney in corporate America, including a couple of years at ESPN. Talk about some of the projects you got to work at when you were there. Yeah, so I, I worked uh, on ESPN's international business. And, and it's interesting, ESPN is obviously a large, used to be a, a larger, you know, 6,000 plus employee company. 
uh, with employees around the world. You know, I work specifically outside the U.S., so I was hired to help them focus on business development and growth with new channels, new digital media properties um, across all media in countries like India, Southeast Asia, Australia, um, you know, Latin America, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico. So we I focus on growth, whether we would buy something, whether we do a merger and acquisition internationally, or whether we would partner with an existing media company to launch a new channel um, or build something ourselves. And so it was a it was a fun, interesting few years there because we we had a much more uh, venture capital type perspective, right? We weren't a big percentage of ESPN's revenue, only about ten percent, give or take. But we got to act a, a lot differently. We had to go into each market, which obviously had different sports uh, besides American sports that were popular, and you had to figure out each market's dynamics and, and what to do and whether to partner and whether to go big into cable TV or uh, focus more online. So it was it was a fascinating job and, and got to work with some great people and do some really cool things um, and, and learn about some sports uh, internationally uh, that, that we didn't grow up playing or understanding. So uh, it was it was a great few years. So what made you decide from to go from working with you had large companies, large corporations throughout the, the early part of your career to what I would imagine is something more entrepreneurial at Swing U. Yeah, I think, you know, being in my early mid thirties at the time and being impatient, um, you know, and, and being stuck behind some talented folks at ESPN that weren't going anywhere. Um, I got an opportunity to leave and, and try some entrepreneurial things and I always had that bug. Um, to go try to build something yourself. Um, so did some entrepreneurial ventures and ended up stumbling across uh, an opportunity to uh, working with a prior company to, to buy the Swing U business uh, that was going through a bankruptcy. So we ended up kind of raising money from about six high net worth individuals up in Connecticut where I was. And uh, we bought the company and we, we exited the bankruptcy process in July 2016. So we started off with two people and, and uh, a part-time employee. And now we've got, I think, north of 35 folks, and 30 of which are in Connecticut and uh, another five or six that are outside Connecticut. And, uh, it just, you know, loving golf, having golf is a, a late life passion. Um, and being able to work in golf and, and do something in tech and media, uh, this was a great fit for me, and um, you know, I got lucky there. And it's, it's, I feel feel fortunate to to work on something that I'm so personally passionate about. So, Charles, so much of the talk around the game over the last several years has been how technology is changing the game. A lot of times, that talk is centered around the golf ball or, or golf clubs, but technology, like what you guys have created at Swing U, is a huge step up from the days when we had. 150 yard bushes or, or yardages on sprinkler heads that we had to walk off. Talk about the technology in Swing U that's helping change the game. Sure. Yeah. When we first uh, bought the app, it was called Swing by Swing and it was, you know, primarily an every man, every woman golfer GPS rangefinder app and folks would download it for free and there was a premium subscription. And, and so we 
you know, we had a free handicap service. We had a, obviously a free GPS rangefinder, uh, app that you could use on any course in the world. Um, as long as Google Maps had photos of it, we could map it and, and our customer service. Uh, honestly, Chris, originally our, our user base, uh, logged into our website for the first five, six, seven years of the company's existence and actually mapped the courses for us. And we would approve those changes. So it had a, kind of a Wikipedia-like um, course mapping process because the user base mapped their own courses and, and mapped the T-boxes and front, middle, back on the on the green. So it was a neat, neat way to get, uh, you know, golfer-certified mapping on the ground around the world. Um, but as we, you know, we wanted to do more, we wanted to be a one-stop shop for golfers. Obviously, we wanted to provide folks with a, with a digital caddy service. Obviously, playing with a caddy on a golf course is a huge advantage for any golfer. And obviously, that's something that, you know, 90% of golfers don't get the opportunity to do. To do. It's expensive. It's rare to have a caddy program at your club. So how do we give golfers an affordable, uh, you know, caddy app to use on the golf course, whether it's as simple as, you know, tracking your score in a couple of simple stats uh, to, like you mentioned before, uh, distances to hazards and greens, uh, plays like distance, wind speed, elevation, um, you know, things that, you know, theoretically a caddy would tell you if he or she were with you on the golf course. Uh, club recommendations, you can track shots. Uh, and then so we you know, we felt as we redesigned the app and focused on the visual caddy features, we also thought, oh, what would, you know, there's more to that. Obviously, there's a game improvement side off the course. And so we started partnering with top 100 coaches around the world and they contributed content. We started with, you know, a good friend and first client, Gary Gilchrist, um, kind of authored our first several hundred videos in our drills library. But we wanted to give golfers in any time, anywhere, uh, you know, categorized library of drills and videos that they could pull up. You know, theoretically, you could pull it up on the course and watch a tip or drill before you hit a shot. Um, it's that quick where obviously you can watch video in, in the evenings after the round or anytime, anywhere. Um, so we added that feature next. And then third, we wanted to invest more in, in the statistics piece and the on-course, on-course performance piece. And we believe that, you know, playing lesson with a teacher is probably the most valuable lesson you can get as a golfer, in my opinion, at least as an amateur golfer. Uh, obviously, they're time consuming. They're expensive. They're, they're fairly rare. You've got to book at least a two hour block with a teacher for a nine hole playing lesson or, or maybe longer for 18, obviously. And so what would be a proxy for that? The idea is that, you know, I, I started to read up on strokes gain data and, and reading uh, publications by, you know, experts like Peter Sanders, who was one of the original strokes gain experts in the world, or Mark Brody, obviously, that people know with his affiliation with ShotLink and PGA Tour and other folks, um, Scott Fawcett, the decade, and, and um, felt like, hey, you know, we wanted to get into this space. And, and I tried pretty much every strokes gain platform out there, but found them a little bit tedious and time consuming for the average, uh, amateur golfer that might have a spouse and, and a family and not you know do this for a living. So we, we wanted to build something that was easy to use. So I think I think we built the easiest to use strokes game platform in the world. We partnered with Peter Sanders, who's one of the original strokes game experts in the country. And um 
started a company called Shot by Shot. So he helped us build our platform and uh, really excited about that. We've, we've signed uh, over 50 uh, tour pros that are using it on the mini tours uh, to track their practice rounds and tournament stats. And we've also got over 15 top collegiate players uh, that we've signed to uh, use the app during the season. We just had one win a tournament last week uh, from Arizona State. So, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, our goal is to be not only the every man, every woman golfer app, but also be, uh, you know, a very valuable to- tool for the elite golfer too. Um, and so that's, that's been the last, the last, uh, the effort over the last 12 months has, has been to, to evolve the company into an elite golfer app as well. So Charles, talk about that stroke gain statistics, because that's very interesting to me. Who are we gaining yeah. strokes on in that analysis? Yeah, so, you know, typically, right, you see stroke gain statistics being used on the PGA Tour. Um, they have that the shot link system with hundreds of, uh, you know, volunteers that, and not to mention lasers and cameras that track every shot from every lie, uh, you know, what the distance of the shot was, uh, what the lie of the shot was, and the outcome of the shot. Um, so the tour does that, and obviously they share that data publicly, and they share it on telecast, on CBS, and Golf Channel, and NBC. Um, and it's, it, you know, obviously that's captured in a, in a finite ecosystem, right? You have a four day tournament with a set number of players that are playing the same course with the same conditions from the same tee boxes. So, they, you know, you're, you're, you're able to very accurately, uh, compare and contrast, uh, you know, a PGA Tour players, uh, shots from each part of the game, driving, approach shots, short game, and putting uh, versus the, the set of competitors and who, who quote unquote gained or lost strokes relative to the field. Um, you know who who drove the ball further and straighter, uh, resulting in you know uh, easier uh, lies and approach distances, and who ball struck the best, right? Who hit the ball first on the green in regulation, and obviously secondarily proximity to the hole. Did you hit the ball closer to the hole? Um, and then how do you putt it, right? How do you one putt it from certain distances, obviously over eight feet? Even the, the PGA Tour player starts to dip below 50% probability of making that putt. And so that's a very finite system. In our system, Chris, right, we, obviously we're not all playing in, in one giant tournament together. So we've collected data over the years uh, from golfers of all different handicaps, from what we call the Tour Pro, which is a plus four to plus six handicap group, all the way up to a 30 handicap, you know, a beginner, a very, uh, very below average golfer, right? Um, and so based on your handicap, your current handicap and, and what you want your handicap to be. So if you're a 10 handicap, we recommend that you choose a target handicap range that includes 10 or that it's directly below 10. So it gives you some realistic goals on what to do next. And so you get to compare your data across hundreds, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of rounds from that target handicap grouper's stats across driving, you know, how many fairways they miss, uh, that target handicap grouper group misses on how many fairways they miss per 18 holes and how bad are their misses, right? So they result in good opportunities to hit the green and regulation, bad opportunities, recovery shots or punch out shots. So they result in penalty shots, hit the ball into a hazard or you hit the ball out of bound lost. And so, um, same thing with approach shots, right? We compare them by ranges to 25 yards and you're looking at whether you hit the right green or regulation, whether you hit the ball 
close or far from the hole. Um, same with chipping and pitching. You know, are you hitting the, are you chipping or pitching within 50 yards? Are you hitting the green at all? Right. It's step one and step two. How close are you hitting, uh, the ball, uh, to the hole? And are you, are you up and downing? Same thing with green side bunkers and obviously putting. We look at one putts from distances. We look at three putts. Those are the two metrics that drive strokes game putting. Um, so we, you know, we compare to target handicap groups and, and, you know, tens of thousands of rounds from each group get compared to your data and we actually give you a handicap per part of your game. So if Chris plays around, um, you know, Chris, you can use the app on the course. Uh, you can pull it out of your pocket or uh, enter the stats after each hole. This takes, you know, five, six seconds per hole or, you, you know, in the clubhouse after the round, um, you have to remember some, you know, some ballpark numbers. Uh, you know, distance of your first putt, you know, how far your approach shot was, quality of your drive, but uh, something you can go through the round in, in three, four minutes after the round and spits out a very clear, concise number one game improvement priority where you lost the most strokes relative to your target handicap group and where you should focus your game improvement efforts, you know, from the, from the results of that round. So it gives you a tip or a drill, uh, a video drill. Focused around that, that uh, game improvement priority. And then you, you know, you can dig deeper into that category as well in our drills library, but it, it's, uh, it's something you can do every round, Chris. It's something you can do once a week, once a month. It's kind of a check in on, on where you are. Um, you know, people obviously our tour players use it for every round. Uh, we have amateurs that use it for every round. We have amateurs that use it once every, you know, every once in a while to kind of get a, statistical check-in on where their game is. And, you know, sometimes you come up to golf course and based on your own personal biases or based on what you consciously or subconsciously chose to remember, you know, you may have a very uh, inaccurate recollection of what you did well or what you did poorly. Um, and so I think this gives you some real objective data and some real realistic goals around what you should be doing uh, to reach your target handicap level. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. And Charles, talk about the club recommendation piece. You, you mentioned that a little bit ago, but how does the app eventually help us by suggesting you need to hit a six iron here? Yeah. So you can, you know, if you know your distances, um, of each club, you can enter those in the beginning. Uh, when you set up your app profile, you can actually enter your, your data. We ask that you enter, I think uh, we asked for your seven iron distance. And then we kind of deduce the rest of your clubs from that and you can go in there and adjust your distances, uh, per club. So it gives, it gives the app a baseline on what to suggest. Then obviously, you know, based on an algorithm that, that looks at elevation and looks at wind speed and wind direction, um, you know, recommends what club you should hit, just like a caddy next to you, um, where you're, you know, you're hitting a, you got a 150 yard part three downhill. But maybe the wind's in your face and, you know, the recommendations to play at, you know, 145 instead of 155. Um, and so, you know, it, it looks at what you hit your club based on what you put in there. Or you can also track your shots and that will, you know, collect an average per, uh, per distance, Chris. And so that will override the averages. So that will override your inputs. And if you want to continue to track your shots on the course, that data will, will end up, um, aggregating in your club distance section of the app. And, and so it will use whatever the latest and greatest data that you put in there, um, 
to, to calculate club recommendations. So it, it tries to replicate the, the caddy player experience when, when choosing clubs and uh, what distance to hit and what club to use. Charles, with golf being one of the few things that actually has grown over the last couple of years during the pandemic, how has that impacted Swing Use business? Yeah, you know, it feels horrible to say, but you know, we've benefited from COVID like most. Um, you know, obviously, there was a period of time, you know, March, April, May, where you had, you know, over half of golf courses in the U.S. closed back in 2020. And folks were pretty concerned about what the future was going to be. But uh, I think the golf industry on a state-by-state level did a heck of a job. State golf associations did a heck of a job, um, you know, allowing golf to reopen in, in a, you know, a CDC-compliant way. And folks got out there and really, you know, golf won by default, right? There wasn't a whole lot to do besides going on a run, um, which ain't, ain't too fun, in my opinion. Um, and then folks <laughs> could get out there and can walk, right? Uh, could walk safely and people using push carts. I mean, it was the United States kind of turned into Europe, right? For about a year, um, uh, without power cards or, or at least, you know, having single power cards. And so I, I think the golf industry just did a heck of a job of taking, you know, uh, uh making, uh, you know, lemonade out of lemons there, right? And, and allowing golfers through some, some adjustments, you know, no bunker rakes and, um, you know, the, the sponge inserts or the cap inserts on the, on the golf holes and not touching flag sticks and all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, obviously folks were downloading apps. We had a lot of people that, you know, typically wouldn't download a golf app or were downloading a golf app, right? And a lot of those folks were learning, Chris, this year, obviously being year two of the pandemic. You know, a lot of those folks weren't serious golfers, unfortunately, and, and aren't going to necessarily stick with the game and, and maybe might go back to whatever their routine was uh, pre-pandemic. But, you know, I think golf is going to benefit from a good slug of golfers that, you know, got back into it and are going to stick with it and got the bug again. So, um, you know, we benefited. We saw, you know, we saw almost a doubling of the business over 2020, 2021. So, you know, we, we, we benefited from it and I'm hoping we can continue to ride that momentum. Charles, before I let you go, let our listeners know again, how can they get the app and then how can they follow you guys, whether it's on your website or on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our website, again, the app is called Swing You, uh, Swing and then the letter U, one word. So they can go to SwingU, S-W-I-N-G-U.com. And you'll see very easily that there'll be an Apple App Store button or an Android uh, apps or button. They can click on that. It takes you right to the app. It's free. You register with an email and a password and you get a free, um, you, get, you get a free, uh, GPS rangefinder and a digital scorecard for life and a free handicap system. Um, so they can do that and they can upgrade to our premium subscription, which gives you a lot of those premium digital caddy features we talked about. The wind speed elevation plays like distance, strokes, gain stats. Video drills library, so on and so forth. So, and then obviously, uh, they can go on Instagram and follow us on, uh, swing you at swing you app, uh, to follow us on Instagram. And, uh, or you also can sign up for our, we have a daily email newsletter that goes out to half a million golfers every day. And they can sign up for that on the swingyou.com website as well. So, 
Well, Charles, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and be a part of the show. I hope you'll come back again and you know keep us updated on all the great things that you guys are doing and working on. Um, the app seems fantastic. I, I, I played around with it a little bit. Um, you guys are doing some really great things, and the and the amount of uh, information that we can glean from our own games, and then the recommendations and the and the teaching instruction, all that together is a heck of a package. Kudos to you guys. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. And at any time, I'd love to come back and talk to you more. Well, Charles, stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We look forward to next time. You too. Thank you, sir. Have a great night. See you, Charles. You too. That is Charles Cox from Swing U. And folks, you got to go out there and take a look at the app and their website. It, to me, it's, it's got to be one of the best GPS opportunities out there. You, not only are you getting the distances, but you also get the other things that Charles talked about. It's going to evaluate swing speed and elevation. It's going to keep records of all the things you're doing. You're going to eventually get club recommendations and things of that nature and all that strokes gain stuff that's going to help you figure out where you need to be spending your time out on the practice range. Seems like the complete package. So go check that out. We look forward to hearing more from Charles and Swing You about the things that they're working on again here very soon. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patry, Jane Blaylock, Nancy Corsolino, and Charles Cox for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And scheduled to join me next week are PGA Tour legend John Cook. Looking forward to having Cookie back as part of the show. Golf Channel host Damon Hack will also be back and fresh off of his covering of the Ryder Cup for the Golf Channel, so very much looking forward to his insights. One of the best young junior players in the country, Avery Zweig, will be making a return visit to the show. Avery may be the most decorated junior player ever. I mean, she's absolutely amazing. 14 years old, folks. She first joined me when she was 10, and she has done amazing things each and every year. I think she's played in now six USGA events, and I believe in the Women's Open, she missed qualifying for that event by one stroke. So very much looking forward to having Avery back. She joined me originally when she was 10 years old. So uh, excited to have her back as part of the show next week. And also excited to have Wayne Tulski making his next on the tee debut next week. Wayne has been out traveling the country and playing courses we'd all die to go play on. So very much looking forward to him sharing stories from his travels when he's a part of the show next week as well. So it's going to be a great one. I hope you'll come back and be a part of the show with us. His travels when he's a part of the show next week. So it's going to be a great one. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can stream this show as a podcast on a number of great sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. If you've got a favorite podcasting app or site, we're probably on it. Just click on the search bar and type in next on the T and I'm sure you'll find us on there as well. Folks, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the Tee a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.